This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. All right, my name is Vanita Hampton Wright. Um, I live in Chicago. I'm a writer and a book editor. Uh, I have written fiction and nonfiction books so over the past 20 years, and I've edited books in the religion market for 28 years. I also lead retreats on writing, creativity, prayer, and Ignatian spirituality. And I write regularly for the Loyola Press website, IgnatianSpirituality.com. Right, so I know a lot of people will not be familiar with um, Ignatian spirituality, and I, um, I know I went for a silent retreat last, just last year, the end of November. So can you tell people what Ignatian spirituality is? And I know this is not part of our uh, list, but just mm-hmm. tell people what it is. Uh, when we speak of Ignatian spirituality, we're referring to uh, a tradition of spiritual practices. Uh, that began with St. Ignatius of Loyola. He and several other people founded the Society of Jesus, which we generally know as the Jesuits. Uh, St. Ignatius is best known for the spiritual exercises, and this is a uh, book that he wrote uh, based on his own time of conversion and transformation and learning how to pray, how to have a friendship with God through Christ, and uh, and so the spiritual exercises have helped people for oh, over 500 years uh, develop their prayer life, learn to pay attention to uh, the way the different ways that God uh, becomes present to them, to the way that God is active in their lives. Um, it's based on paying attention, on reflection on gratitude, on um, practices of prayer that you find them in many different traditions. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, St. Ignatius really developed a format for people to follow uh, to grow in their spiritual life. Uh, Loyal Press is the company I work for, and um, our specialty is um, a literature that is, that is specifically based on Ignatian spirituality. Um, books written by Jesuits or uh, by lay people who have uh, learned these various practices of prayer, and um, and even our uh, curriculum programs programs for schools and parishes are based in a very prayer oriented uh, way of going about our faith. So you wrote this post about how to prepare for Lent, and we are going to be preparing for Lent very soon in another month or so. First, let me ask you before we go into how to prepare, is Lent really long enough to make a true lasting conversion? I believe that true lasting conversion can begin by a single moment Mm. or a single event. You know, if we think of conversion as this is something that is ongoing, but there are certain points in our lives when there's something that we hear or read or something happens yeah. uh, with us when we're praying or when we're listening to scripture or any number of things or just having a conversation and that one moment helps us shift our direction 
And and so, yes, I think Lent can certainly help lead to uh, lasting conversion in that during Lent, you know, we have, a, we have several weeks when we can think about our priorities, think about our prayer life, uh, our values, our character, the qualities of our character that we think are important as Christians. And we can definitely shift during that time. And a few weeks is plenty of time to, you know, begin one simple new practice that can help us develop develop more in our Christian life. So uh, it's a definite yes. It doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but I don't think you need a long time uh, in order to have any kind of a lasting change. Sometimes it's a very brief moment and you realize, oh, and you change. You begin to change right then. Now you mentioned doing, there's of course in Catholic spirituality we have this prayer and almsgiving and fasting and of course people are going to give up one thing, they're going to add maybe um, a, a prayer routine or change some things up, give more money away. But before you even do these things, uh, there are three que uh, questions that you said we need to ask ourselves as we prepare. So what are those three questions? Well in this particular article I did have well, two questions in a statement. Uh, there are no magic questions, but uh, for but I think two of these at least are are very helpful. And the, the one is, what does my soul need? Mm. You know, where do I feel the need in my spiritual life? And I think that's where you begin. Another way to put that is, um, I think an excellent question. And this this also goes back to Saint Ignatius. He used this a lot with people when he was directing them spiritually and, and being a companion in their spiritual growth. He would ask them over and over, what do you truly desire? Pay attention to what you desire. Because our deepest, truest desires are actually God's desires for us. You know, mm -hmm. God has planted those in us mm -hmm. because we're made in God's image. So uh, a question to ask can be, you know, what does my soul need right now? Where, What need do I feel in my life? Another way of putting that would be, what do I really desire right mm -hmm. now? And how does that connect to what God may be saying to me? Um, another question I've put forth is, what about my life makes you happy, Lord? Mm -hmm. um, I think often we're in Lent, we're focused on our failures and yeah. guilt and penance and sometimes what we need to ask ourselves is you know what about my life gives god joy you know where am i growing uh where are things going well what am i learning uh how can i rejoice with god in what's happening in my life and again that goes to the gratitude uh and i think that when we are working from a, a point of gratitude even during a time of penance it just, it's just a healthier place to start because we already know uh, through our gratitude and our joy that we are loved by God. So any penance or correction or, or dealing with sin that we must do, we do that from a, a place of understanding that I am loved. That's the number one thing. I am loved. And the last thing was, uh, you said, I want to be open to the graces of uh, Lent. How do people open themselves up? I mean, there are lots of people who are, um, you know, not willing to um, either change or they're hesitant or they're afraid. Uh, how do you become open? I mean, is this through prayer? Is this through um, charismatic conversion? How does this happen? That's a tough one because, 
You know, uh, there is a lot of fear that keeps us from being open. I think the best way to go about it is little by little. Mm. And, you know, today, perhaps I pray, God, I'm not sure I'm really open to you, but I'm willing in this moment to become more open. Mm. Um, and a lot of it has to do with understanding or, or really experiencing that you, uh, that you are loved by God, that God's plans for you, that God's desires for you are always for your benefit. Now, that's hard to believe sometimes yeah. <laughs> and, and because we're having a hard time or, you know, we are afraid that God's going to ask something that's too difficult for yeah, us to do. That's true. But if you start out on any given day, any given moment, just saying, Lord, I want to be more open. Help me not be afraid. Uh, in just the next, in this next hour, just help me to be open to you. And you just deal with it little by little. And uh, and sometimes the only thing you can pray is, you know, I'm willing to be willing to be open. <laughs> because because we know that there are several barriers of fear or resistance. There are all kinds of reasons that, we're, that we don't remain open. Uh, one thing that I suggest people do uh, when they're having any kind of problem with openness or resistance is I just say, you know, why don't you spend... 10 minutes a day, just sitting quietly mm. and imagine God's loving gaze yeah. falling all over you. You know, it's like you're, as if you're sitting in sunshine, you know, mm. it's a nice day, you're sitting, you're just bathed in sunshine, but instead of sunshine, that's God's loving gaze. Uh, and after a while, I think we begin to remember and believe that, yes, this is a loving God that I'm being open to. This is not a punitive God. Mm. God is not out to find all my mistakes or punish me. God is wanting to free me mm. from the things that get in my way and the things that hurt me or the things that cause me to resist God. Uh, but it, it's, you know, little steps at a time. Mm. Um, I figure on any given day, I'm not, I'm not completely open to God. I'm just mm. not. There are too many I have too many issues, you know, we all do. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, but while I'm praying in this moment, yeah. I can say, okay, Lord, I want to be open. Just help me here. Yeah. And gradually, I do think you grow more and more open. And it's it's just a practice. You know, it's a habit. Yeah. It's kind of an emotional, psychological, spiritual habit mm -hmm. we have to, to, to nurture uh, until, we, until we're not so nervous about it. Yeah. I think that's great advice. It's actually similar to spending some time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, right? Where you oh, allow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another one, another thing that you talked about, uh, uh, Lend, and this was in a different post, where you said, bring what hinders you, um, you know, at Lent before you begin your uh, sacrifice, whatever it is you're making. And what do you mean by bringing what hinders you? Um, is, is it your issues? Is it your problems? Um, is it your burdens? Or is it just your uh, spiritual blocks, whatever they are? Well, what I mean by that is that rather than resisting a problem or trying to push it aside or ignore it, you bring it front and center. Mm. Uh, Lent might be a time for facing a struggle or anything that seems to be blocking spiritual growth. See, God wants us to bring whatever issues are real for us here and now. And I think often we're trying to focus on, oh, I want to do this great thing for God, uh, but this other thing keeps, 
keeps coming to the surface and it's just so irritating. We just, you know, I want to forget about that. I don't want to think about that fear or I don't want to deal with the struggle that I have. I want to do this other great thing for God. Yeah. Uh, and the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. You know, whatever is coming to the surface, that's what we'll deal with today. First, yeah. You know, <laughs> whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever's going on here and now in your reality, that's what we're going to work on today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may not do this other thing you had planned, but again, God is always uh, God's desire is always for our healing, for our uh, becoming free of these things that are difficult. And so I just say, you know, if you if there's something that's really bothering you or hurting you or making you sad or, you know, someone might be coming into Lent and, and they're wanting to do penance and all these different things, but they have just lost a loved one. Mm, you know, yeah. maybe a few months ago they lost a loved one. Well, the Lord may not have have an agenda for you that has anything to do with penance during this Lent. Yeah. The Lord may say, I want you to be sit in my presence a few moments every day mm-hmm. and allow your grief to be here with us. And if all you do is cry for 15 minutes yeah. every day of Lent because you are grieving the loss of this loved one, then that's what we'll do. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we, I, I think we often think of Lent as it's just this, this, and this. Yeah. You know, but to me, and I don't think I'm alone in this, Lent becomes a time when we, we just simply make more time, provide more energy to be with the Lord in the way that we need most. Mm-hmm. And in whatever way we need healed or corrected, because sometimes it is about penance. Yeah. Sometimes the Lord may draw us into a time where we have to face, oh, yeah, I've really become this kind of a person. Yes, I've become more self-centered lately. Uh, help me see what's happening and correct that. Sometimes that's exactly what Lent is. Uh, but I just, I, I believe that often is the time where God just draws us in and says, okay, what's the issue here? This is a, this is a thing that we need to look at together. We need to sit together and, and work with this. Uh, so that's what I meant by, you know, bring whatever hinders you, mm-hmm. because if it hinders you, then it needs to be dealt with. And mm-hmm. it's not like you can just pretend it's not there or try to be, you know, strong and courageous and say, oh, no, that's not really a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's a problem, it's a problem. Yeah. And that's and that's what the Lord wants to help us with, whatever is actually mm-hmm. going on in our life right now. Mm-hmm. And it also means that Lent is dynamic, right? It doesn't mean that you have to make the same sacrifice every year, that your practice oh, needs no. to be the same every year. It, your spirituality is changing, and so what you give up or what you do for Lent also changes, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, it, it, it's just like, you know, when we read the scriptures, mm. we read the same scriptures year after year, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. we're following the lectionary. But those scriptures don't mean the same thing to us yeah. from, from year to year. Yeah. And, you know, this whole life with God is so dynamic. Yeah. And and so um, in, in that way, Lent can actually become almost a new adventure mm. every year because you don't know, you know, what does God have in store <laughs> yeah. for me? What is this prayer going to lead me to, yeah. you know? Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I love the way you said that. It is dynamic. It's very dynamic. And it changes as we grow and change. 
So what specific advice do you have for people planning retreats or those people who are coming in to lend for the first time? Because I, I read uh, on your post there were a number of people who are over 80 and over 70 and they said we've done all these things many times. But what yeah. advice do you have for people who are new to all of this or um, who are planning something really drastic for this end? Well, I would say if you're planning a retreat for yourself, it's good if you find one resource to kind of guide that retreat. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Loyola Press, we, we have several books for Lent, like Sacred Space. Uh, uh, we have Praying Lent, uh, Praying Free. I mean, we have a number of resources. Just little books, there are all kinds of Lenten resources. And, and the reason I say that is that using a book or other resource uh, can help you kind of stay on track mm. rather than getting distracted by multiple questions and topics because we often try to do too much yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than just uh, allow ourselves to kind of settle on, on one aspect of mm. our growth. Yeah. Uh, and that's the other thing is choose one focus for the retreat mm. um, because we do try to do too much and it ends up then it just feels like work. Yeah. You know, it feels like we're giving ourselves assignments. Yeah. And then it stops being a retreat. Yeah. So keep it focused. Keep it simple. Rather than give yourself five things to do every day, give yourself one thing to do every day mm. and do it in a thoughtful, unrushed way. Uh, so I would always, whether you've done Lent many times or this is the first time retreat, find some kind of a resource that can kind of keep you on track, um, even if it can be an online resource, just anything. Um, and then just keep it simple, one focus, and, or at least one focus at a time. You know, the Holy Spirit may lead you to more than one focus over the several weeks of Lent, but one focus at a time, uh, because this is not meant to be something to accomplish. A Lenten retreat is not something to accomplish, to get done. It's, it's supposed to be a time when you slow down a bit, you allow yourself to sit with something longer than you normally would, um, and, and you relax with it. You really have to just kind of relax with it rather than try to do a lot of things or learn a lot of new things. Okay. And then what advice do you have for the people who've done this many times already, who've, who've had many lengths and, uh, you know, don't see the newness of, of, of another one coming up? Well, there are a couple things they might do. Uh, one is, if you've done Lent many times, then um, you have a lot of past prayer to reflect on. And, uh, and this is another aspect of Ignatian spirituality, mm -hmm. is that often we're asked to remember a time when God spoke to you, mm. um, and and that becomes, uh, you know, you, you always return to a, a, an aspect of prayer or a time of prayer that was that was powerful for you, uh, whether it was in a positive way or a negative way. You know, if you have uh, a memory of a Lent that didn't go too well that you struggled with, then call that to mind now and see what. Uh, you know, you have a fresh viewpoint now. You've learned a lot since then. Uh, so you can reflect. You. And also, I know people can feel that, you know, I've read all this before, I've done all this before, but they might try a different way to go about prayer. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you normally journal when you're praying, mm -hmm. try drawing pictures instead. Use visual images this year instead of so many words. Use music if you've primarily used silence before, yeah. or if you've 
uh, used music before, try styling. Experiment with it. Play, well, people may think that I'm being disrespectful when I say play, but I think God is a God of play. He's always asking us, you know, try this, try this. But I think there's always a different way to go about it. But so those are the two things. Reflect on past experiences and, Mm -hmm. and, and bring them forward again and see if, okay, uh, maybe this particular uh, gospel story spoke to me powerfully three mm. years ago during Lent. Well, let, let me pull that up again and see what it says to me today, because it's going to say something different than it said three years ago. So, you know, find the, identify times or um, prayer experiences that really touched you and revisit those, uh, because we're always learning from our experience. Uh, and then use different methods of prayer, um, praying more with your body, mm-hmm. praying more with, uh, with you know, like I said, visual art or music or, you know, some some months and seasons, I will make a point to watch films mm-hmm. that have to do with scripture. Um, other seasons, I might go to, uh, I live in Chicago, I have an art institute here. Um, I may uh, spend an afternoon looking at art that has to do with Lenten themes. Mm. And of course, you can go online to do that. You don't have to go to a museum. So just try something new. There's always something you can do a little bit differently. And another thing you might do is do your Lenten practice with a partner mm. or with a small group. Yeah. Maybe you've always done it on your own. It's a completely different experience when you read scriptures with another person or mm. with a small group of people. So that's another nice shift you can make. Mm. So it would be a good practice to actually write down uh, everything that happens to you during uh, at the end maybe of a Lenten season, right? So that you can collect all of those and maybe every four years or every 10 years look back and yeah. reflect or even reflect every Lent, what happened last Lent. Yes, and, and this is why some form of documentation is good, whether it's, like I said, whether it's uh, keeping a journal or... Um, or doing it through other means, you know, I, about 10 years ago, I did an eight day retreat. Wow, okay. And that was because I'm a writer and I use words all the time. Mm. The Holy Spirit said, you, you're going to leave your laptop <laughs> alone because words are too easy for you. Yeah. And so I spent eight days drawing pictures of the Gospel of Mark. Mm. Now, I will take those pictures, and I'm not an artist, so we're not talking about any great art here, Mm. but I still, from time to time, will take those drawings out Mm. and use those for meditation. Okay. Uh, And in the same way, I may go back to journaling that I've done at some point. Um, Or some people like to take, you know, they're photographers, or, you know, they process their prayer in many different ways, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right. If you can keep some kind of record of of how Lent went for you, then you can. You can take it out and review it uh, in subsequent years. It can be really helpful. Okay. So thank you so much for coming on our show and talking to our guests about Lent. We are really excited uh, because, quite frankly, I was not looking forward to Lent. <laughs> Because it's so soon after, <laughs> so soon after Advent, and I was just saying the other day when I was praying, Lord, you you can't be too close. I mean, there's too much giving up. So I know, I know. Yeah. So I'm quite yeah. excited now. I mean, now that I've that I've heard from you, 
So where can All people right. fi yeah. find you online, Vinita, and uh, read your books too? Uh, well, uh, a person can go on Amazon and uh, just type in Vanita Wright or Vanita Hampton Wright. You'll see my books there. Go to the Loyola Press website, uh, loyalapress.com. Um, I've got uh, several books there. Uh, IgnatianSpirituality.com. I think I have something like, oh, I don't know, 170 articles. Yeah, 176. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's always just a wonderful, we have a whole group of really good writers yeah. there. Uh, and very practical, help, helpful information. Mm. And also, if, if anyone who's listening to this podcast is curious to know more about Ignatian spirituality, then that website's perfect. You know, they really provide every, about everything you'd want to know, and that's IgnatianSpirituality.com. Okay. So those are the main places to find me. Okay, okay. And uh, if anybody wants you to speak at their event or their church, they contact you there? They can reach me through Loyola Press, okay. uh, and uh, my email here is simply right, W-R-I-G-H-T, at LoyolaPress.com. That's L-O-Y-O-L-A. P-R-E-S-S dot com. That's my work email, and it should, you know, it's probably easiest to find me that way. Okay, great. So thank you so much for joining us on our show, and we hope you have a great Lent. You too. Thank you. This has been a great pleasure. <laughs>